0: Can you hear that? It's the sound of the holidays. Yep. They're coming. Actually, you might even say they're already here. Everyone with a product business knows that this right here, right now, is the prime opportunity to gain some traction in your business and generate significant revenue. And Mina and I, we want that for you. Okay. We want that for you. And that's how we put together the product boss's guide to getting holiday ready checklist. We call it a checklist, but it's so much more than that. It's your crash course for getting your business holiday ready so that you can have an amazing Q4, right? That's quarter four. Now, we've packed it full of checklists, planners, tips, resources, and our very best advice for making sure you're ready and prepared for a successful holiday season in your business and into the new year. And my friend, the best news is it's yours for free, totally free. So consider it a holiday gift from us. Just head over to theproductboss.com slash holidayready, that's the productblast.com slash holiday ready to grab your getting holiday ready checklist and get ready to sell your way through the holidays. It gets lonely out there in the product business world. We fully believe a business shouldn't be built alone. There's room at the top for all of us. So let's get scrappy and creative
1: together, Product Boss, to be profitable, make more sales, and grow your visibility.
0: Are you ready? Let's dive in. Hey, everybody. And we are so excited to bring our friend Patrice Washington to the show, to the Product Boss. So Patrice, welcome to the podcast. Thank you for having me. I'm excited. We're so excited to have you here. We were able to meet you in person at Lori Harder's house um, for the investors' dinner. Now we are all investors in Late Pink. It is a fully funded, fully female-funded um, product business, and um, and it was just so great to get to know you and really hear about how you help people out there really understand how to redefine their wealth and how to have transformation and be really purpose-driven in their business. So I think our listeners are going to love today.
2: Yeah, and it was awesome to meet you guys because when I heard about you, I was like, you're the missing link for me. <laughs> I have so many people who are so purpose-driven in terms of you know providing services, but they're always like, but the product piece, I'm like, I'm not your girl for that, but I have the girls for you. So it <laughs> has been a pleasure getting to know you guys and just how you serve in the
0: world. So, Patrice, introduce yourself to everyone if they don't know you already.
2: So, uh, again, my name is Patrice Washington. I've been known as America's money maven for over a decade now. Uh, But I always tell people, despite the degrees and the certifications and the MBA in behavioral finance, financial psychology, I literally am just a woman who's really passionate about helping people redefine wealth for themselves because we live... In such a hustle and grind culture, and it is so like chase money by any means, no matter what, stay up all night and do all the things to make money. And we just completely um, dismiss the fact that the original definition of wealth was not money and material possessions. The original 12th century definition of wealth is the condition of well-being. And so I learned in my own journey after building a seven-figure business straight out of college, um, 25 years old, my real estate and mortgage company became a seven-figure business. I was riding high. I thought it would never stop. And then you guys, the last recession hit. In 2007, it started to rear its ugly head. And when it did, I was actually in the hospital on bed rest because I took a fall down the stairs at 20 weeks pregnant that sent me into preterm labor. And so when I get to the hospital, they go, ma'am, this baby's coming any minute now. You know, you just got to sit here and see how long she can bake. And that was any minute now actually turned out to be 10 weeks on hospital bed rest. So here I am in the hospital and it's a bad enough that I can't do anything. Right. But I'm freaking out because I'm watching the banks that I work with close down one by one on the news every day. And At the time, I was wearing this belt around my waist to monitor the baby and all those things. And I'll never forget the day my doctor came in and she said, ma'am, Patrice, listen, if you don't stop stressing, you're going to leave here two years in a row with no baby because the year before I gave birth to a son who died prematurely as well. And so all of this is happening. I'm here trying to bring this baby into the world, healthy, And then my business is just failing and crumbling before my eyes. 16 loan officers and real estate agents and no one could save a deal. And my, you know, savings are just going out the window, trying to keep everything afloat, including 13 pieces of real estate that I owned at the time. And I had tenants who were losing their jobs and no one was paying their rent. Like everything that could happen was happening. So I went from this seven-figure business in 2007. And by 2009, I was scraping up change and applying for welfare and getting food stamps and, and begging the power people to turn the lights back on or my daughter's milk would spoil. And I didn't know where the money would come from. So when I had my what I call like a come to Jesus moment. Like I had that moment of like, I am sick and tired of being sick and tired. I have said all the great cliches. I've tried to stay positive. I've tried to encourage other people, even in the midst of everything that I'm going through. I had a breakdown one day on the bathroom floor. My 6,000 square foot home in Southern California had foreclosed. We sold everything that we could um, on Craigslist and moved in like 72 hours cross-country and ended up in a teeny tiny 600 square foot apartment in Metairie, Louisiana. And that is where I had my I can't take any more moment and found myself bawling, snotting, crying on the bathroom floor. And I heard some, I refer to this as a still small voice, but really that internal nudge that just kind of leads you to do something. I was led to a Bible verse and it was Proverbs 17, 16. And it said, what good is money in the hands of a fool if they have no desire to seek wisdom? What good is money in the hands of a fool if they had no desire to seek wisdom? And that was the, oh gosh, I think I've been pretty smart, but I don't know that I seek wisdom. (laughs) Like I'm not used to asking for help. I don't know what seeking wise counsel really looks like all the mentorship and coaching that we all know so well these days was not readily available like that, or at least I wasn't aware of it back then. Um, And so that was like an aha for me to start to really go down the path of just asking for help and surrendering and getting the support that I need and being honest and vulnerable about where I actually was. And all of that to say that was March 9th, 2009 on that bathroom floor And I made a commitment that I would help other people seek wisdom and hopefully get through their financial stuff too. Because I was still in it, but I was like, I want to help other people, the nerve, right? The audacity to think. But I literally got off that bathroom floor, started a blog the next day. And that blog has turned into now um, (laughs) five books and a lot of national media. I did four years on the Steve Harvey Morning Show as the money maven there. Um, regular on Dr. Oz and tons of other platforms. And now my podcast, Redefining Wealth and my programs and all that stuff. And it all came from losing everything and having the audacity to believe that while I was rebuilding my life, I could help other people too.
1: That is, I had knew nothing about that story. That was so powerful. I cannot believe, I can't, I, my heart is like racing af- after yeah. hearing all that. So I'm so proud of you for like, To get through that and to be able to even speak on it in the way that you do is just incredible. Um, So, you have now, can you tell us how you say that you help women seek wisdom? What does that mean? Like, I know there's Mm -hmm. like the uh, various ways, like, there's, you know, you help them find purpose or there's purpose Mm -hmm. chasers. Can you dig a little bit into that? Like, how are you helping them to do that?
2: Yeah. Well, one of the first ways I think that I help is just by being very transparent and vulnerable about my own story. And that's something that any of us can do, right? When folks are seeking wisdom and looking for wise counsel, what they're really looking for is just a guide. And we all desire to see our circumstances in someone else and see like, if they did it, I can too. And the way that we support in the first way is just by being open and honest about our experiences. No one expects perfection. People just want to know like, hey, like, what did you use or what did you do? So I think... I'm like a poster child. Like I use my podcast to literally unpack everything in my life. Like I recently went through a divorce and I'm like, guys, here's what's happening. Right. So seeking wisdom is about seeking wise counsel. And I think being someone who was out in the forefront saying, just because you've had these experiences, that does not, that doesn't define you. That doesn't define the rest of your life. That was a season. And so... If you're in this season, here are some next steps you can take. That's what I aim to do in terms of my books and podcasts and just how I show up in the world, right? I think the second way is what I introduced with my podcast was the six pillars of wealth, is what I call it. And for years, I never talked about the other parts of my life that I was working on while I was rebuilding my finances initially. I ended up getting into the box that I think a lot of us get in where we become known for something. And I was known as a financial expert. Like that's what I was branded as. And so people always wanted to talk about savings accounts or debt elimination or, you know, all the basic things, which I was really good at. But really, behind the scenes, I was working on all these other parts because I knew that original definition of wealth, which was the condition of well being. And so. As I started to work with clients, I worked at a nonprofit early in my career, about 2011, 2012 in Atlanta, and as a financial education nonprofit, and I worked with hundreds of people one-on-one to rebuild their finances, build or rebuild. And overwhelmingly, I would see that money was never the thing. It was always, like myself, these other parts of our lives that are impacting our finances, even when we're not thinking about it. And I didn't talk about it publicly because no one asked me to. They're like, let's talk about savings. I remember being on Dr. Oz in 2016. And, you know, Dr. Oz loves a good visual. You know, they always have these little visuals. And we had these felt like vegetables, like, you know, broccoli and all these things. And we were moving it from one board to the next. And we were talking about saving on groceries. And as much as I loved the opportunity to be there, there was a moment, you guys, where I was like, This isn't it. Like, this is not it. I don't want to just talk about saving on groceries when I know that there are so many other things that I had to do to truly become this person and to be in this role. I haven't been, you know, just budgeting. I've been literally shifting my behavior and my beliefs about what's possible because of how I grew up, you know, and I've been literally. Removing people from my life who no longer serve me and replacing them with mentors and coaches and masterminds and these different spaces that could help me expand and grow. You know, I've been cleaning up my space, I've been doing all these other things. And in 2016, I ended up having a moment where I just took everything down the old website, the old programs, everything. And I was like, when I was on that bathroom floor, I wish I knew some of the things that I've learned over these years. And I believe that these things are the truth about wealth. And that's where the six pillars of wealth came from. Looking at everything I have worked on and just finding the you know, the commonality between these and, and creating this method- methodology. And so that's what I teach my community who are purpose chasers. Because ultimately, um, I call them purpose chasers because what you start to see is that as you get more clear about who you really are and what you're called to do. Money is a natural byproduct of how we just show up in the world. It's nothing that we have to force and manipulate because most financial principles are very basic and simple. We don't do them because our minds and our lives and our relationships are cluttered and it keeps us from doing the things that are right in front of us. And I know you guys see this with your clients, right? In your programs, you're like, I know I have told her the same thing over and over again, right? (laughs) Right? You're like, well, what am I doing wrong? Sometimes the clutter keeps us from being able to receive the information that's right in front of us. So I help people clean up all the clutter in different parts of their lives so they can experience the financial freedom they say they want.
0: So good. So let's just jump in a little bit. I know that you have all those sorts of ways that you've got the podcasts that they can listen to and all the things. But let's talk about those six redefining wealth pillars that you do. Yeah. So the first one is fit. It's about becoming
2: your best self. And in the Fit Pillar, we really talk about the importance of being mentally and physically fit on your financial journey. So first of all, mentally fit. We all know, especially as entrepreneurs, right? Like, it's hard out here. You have to be mentally fit in order to keep going. And I think a lot of times we are praying for things that we mentally don't have the capacity to sustain. We want more clients and we want to have, you know, this product suite and we want all the things. But there is probably something in the background mentally. It's probably an old story rooted in childhood trauma that keeps us spiraling in these cycles of confusion. And so even though we see other people doing something and it seems like right there, it always feels like there's some invisible wall keeping us from being able to to touch it and to get to it. And the truth is, it's probably rooted in something that happened 10, 20, 30 years ago that we just have not dealt with. And so in our community, we talk about therapy so much because for me, you guys, and you guys have met me in person, right? And so I am super tall, you guys. I am built like a track star, (laughs) right? (laughs) Like all these things that I I can appreciate today But what many people don't know when they look at me today is I grew up feeling very ugly. Like I was the ugly duckling. I consider myself to be the ugly duckling. I was told I was the ugly one in the family. So not just being teased at school, but in my family. Well, what did that do? It made me addicted to achievement because if I didn't feel like I could be the pretty one, I was going to be the smart one. So I was constantly going for more and more and more. Hence seven figure business at 25, which was great. But I also didn't have a like social life because I was so into working, 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 working and bigger and better because that's how I earned love. Well, what happens when I lose the business and the achievement that I believe is the only reason people love me, right? You have to, like, I have to start unpacking all of this stuff. And so therapy is what helped me forgive people who would never say I'm sorry it's what taught me you know that hurt people really hurt people and that it wasn't about me the things that some of my family members said to me even though sticks and stones they do they do hurt you know when people are like oh what you know or sticks and stones will break my bones but words will never hurt me oh my gosh how many of us are carrying around words that people said to us and they hurt in different ways and they prevent us from showing up in our best possible light and when I look at my life today, and all of the things that I've accomplished and things that I've done that require me to show up and show my face and be present and be on stage and be on camera, if I didn't deal with that childhood trauma, you guys wouldn't even know who I who I was.
1: Yeah, I mean, hurt people do hurt people, but healed people heal people, right? Yeah, and that's yes. the magic you're bringing to the world. So, tell us about that second um, of the six pillars.
2: The second pillar is the people pillar. it's all about creating relationships that matter. Um, I mean and look at you two as like partners like you know I, I'm so inspired by you two actually but um, creating relationships that matter is just it's just about understanding first and foremost, there's always someone watching you who has the power to bless you but who are they watching you be? like how do you show up in the world? So many of the opportunities that I've received have not come from pitching. And I'm not knocking pitching, but I am saying some of us think that that's the only way we can make it. And we don't really prioritize or value the relationships that are right in front of us. It's a constant, I need more and more and more and more of something outside of where I am. But what if we just focused on going deeper with who we already know? And how do we leverage the relationships that we have? How do we honor those How do we keep our clients longer, you know, instead of thinking like, if I get more and more and more and more clients, it's like, well, what if you take care of the ones you have? And that's not just professionally, but that's personally too. Uh, I'm going to assume that there are a lot of moms who may be listening. And many of us build our businesses with this idea that like, I'm doing it for my children. And this is a lesson I had to learn. My daughter, Reagan, taught me um, she valued my presence more than my presence. Right, so while I could be more and more financially secure and provide some great lifestyle, ultimately she just wants to sit at the counter with me and show me every TikTok she say for the day, because mm-hmm. she's fifteen now, right? So yes. that's her jam. But she taught me that lesson years ago when she was sharing something with me, and I was scrolling on Facebook or Instagram or something, and I was nodding, and she said, "Mom, this is not a good story. Why are you shaking your head? Yes, <laughs> like, why are you smiling?" And yes. I was like, "Oh my God, I'm I'm here." But am I here? Right. Mm-hmm. And I used to experience a lot of mom guilt being on the road so much. And when I stopped not being present when I was in her presence, it's literally allowed me to go and do what I need to do and be fully present there. Because when I'm home, I'm fully present with her. And that added another layer, I think, of just well, wealth, wealth, right? Like mm-hmm. relationally being well.
0: Yeah. So that's the that second card. pillar. Yeah, and, and and you know, to, to, for our product people out there too, it's we think about you know clients or customers, and so many times we think about how do we get more customers, more customers, more customers, instead of loving on the ones that are already there, the ones that have bought from us not only once but twice, you know, our raving fans. And so I think it is important to think of uh, you know, it's not just numbers and units or customers in a database, but they're real people that are willing to pay you and part with their their hard earned money. Right, maybe mm-hmm. I mean, they are giving it as a present to someone they really care about, and it's a it's a meaningful act of love. And so, I, I love that take on it that it's it's people all around. It's the relationships mm-hmm. we have in business, personal, and then also even thinking about our customers in a different way.
1: Right. Yeah. I, my favorite thing about what you said was kind of like how you reframed the words, and that you know, because a lot of times when we're speaking about a business, we use words like leverage, like what you said, right? It's leveraging those relationships. However, when you use words like that like you said, words are powerful. It's hard not to think of it as a business transaction, but you switch it mm-hmm. to honoring. You're honoring mm-hmm. that relationship, right? You're not leveraging that relationship. You're honoring that relationship. And I think that's really p- important for all of us to kind of preframe that even in our own minds of, you know, whatever transaction you have with your customer even is a way of honoring that transaction between the two of you, you know, mm-hmm. that relationship.
2: Mm-hmm. Okay. I think that allows us to just come from a different, place to like a different energy yeah you know in my business I'm always thinking about how can I be more helpful even to the people who have already purchased something that might only be a one-time purchase but how can I be a more helpful human to continue to support them on their journey so that they still you know remember like I like that girl <laughs> like, I may have only worked with her back in 2018 or something but if someone were to ask me you know about something I would still refer to her
0: Happy holidays. Okay, don't think Jacqueline, what are you talking about? It's still warm outside. I know, but guess what? We want to get you uber prepared for this holiday season because what we want is that you can get consistent sales, right? Have steady growth and keep growing your business beyond always having to offer a discount during the holiday season to drive sales. So if you wanna get prepared while it's still warm outside, you can jump in and grab 101 content ideas beyond the holiday discount. And it is a bundle of content prompts, tools, hashtags, and templates. And it includes a three month calendar with things to say every single day from October to December. It is so helpful. So go out, enjoy the sunshine and feel uber prepared for the holiday season when you grab yours now. Just head to holidaycontentideas.com.
1: Speaking of TikToks, um, actually it was a mm-hmm. reel, but you know they're like interchangeable in my mind. I was watching this Jay Shetty TikTok or reel and it was, it was w- with a husband and wife that went on a vacation together. And he was saying that, they kept saying, I wish I had a, the wife kept saying, I wish I had more time with you. He's like, but we just spent all this time together. And she's like, yeah, but you were on your iPad or you're reading your book or you're doing this and that. And then Jay Chetty was like, you know, we as humans confuse the word time with energy. What she wants from him is the energy right? Is the Mm. time of being together, you know, while she phrased it as time together, it's really the energy of him being there. So I think that's what you're saying too, is, you know, really about being present and having that energy, you know, it's not really just like clock that time. It is, you know, put in the energy. Mm -hmm. And I just want to say too, with, with this one, think about
2: how many amazing ideas you've had from just conversing with someone. And it wasn't even You aren't expecting it. It, You know, you can have a conversation with someone and have an aha moment that will be a breadcrumb to your billions, right? It'll be like the thing that begins this like whole path and can put you down this path. But many of us are not present and we're not listening and we're not putting the energy in when we are with someone. And I think that we miss a lot of opportunities that could lead to the financial wealth, the material wealth that we desire but we miss it because we're just not present.
0: Absolutely. Uh, okay. What's number 3.
2: Number 3 is the space pillar. Um I love talking about the space pillar. So this one's about setting up your life to support you. And we always hear that time is money. We hear that. But one of my favorite um statistics about this in the United States at least is that the average American spends 76 hours a year looking for things they already own but can never find. <laughs> so, key, wallets, glasses, oh this right? is, this cell is phones,
1: facts right here. <laughs> facts.
2: Right. And so, when your life is not set up to support you, and now with the digital clutter that we all create, we're saving tons of files and we're always creating new documents. And, and the time that we spend because we won't take time to just organize things or create a system around something or have a home for everything in our space, right? We say at Redefining Wealth, clutter is the physical manifestation of chaos in your mind. And so many of us, if we're really honest, when we think about an area in our life where we feel a little stuck or confused, we don't know where to move forward. If we look at the physical space, which represents that area of our life, we will probably see where that energy is stuck. So, if it's like a health and wellness goal, let's look at your your cabinets in your kitchen. Like, let's look at that pantry. Let's take a look at that closet. You will probably see that it's hard for you to make better decisions that could lead inevitably to you feeling or, or um, obtaining more wealth mm-hmm. because there's just like a bunch of clutter. Um, and I always say this: your money making space, wherever you are working every day. Is it truly set up to serve and support you or is it a hindrance?
1: Yeah. Like are you I feel always that right now?
2: Searching for something.
1: Uh, we just got out a launch and I, well, just got our launch meeting three weeks ago. And um, I still have the confetti that still needs to be vacuumed up, but the vacuum is sitting right here. Like literally. I warned
0: her when she popped that confetti (laughs) said, who's going to clean up that (laughs) but the kids wanted
1: to. So I brought in the vacuum, but I still have to set up the time when the kids will help me, you know, like it it gets to this domino effect that it then begins to be clutter. And then you, you know, at least me finds it easier to just, you know, I'll just live with this clutter. I'm going to, walk I'll just step around up. over that confetti. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Snudge this vacuum over here where I can't see it as much in my eyesight, you know? So I yeah. feel this one so much right now. <laughs>
2: <laughs> we hear it. We hear about it and see it all the time. But any space, I-, I would say, especially your money-making space, my big revelation with this came when I was working, I think on my second book. And you know, you have that room that becomes a catch-all Like, it's that spare bedroom, but then it's, like, where all the Amazon boxes go, maybe the unfolded laundry, where anything that doesn't have a place goes to die. Essentially, Mm -hmm. that's where my desk was, uh, you know, and that's where I was working on my second book. And I remember, like, being kind of uh, having, like, brain fog and not being able to really think. I knew what I wanted to say, but I could not get the words on paper and just sitting there day after day. And then I took a look around one day and I was like is this the space that like a best-selling author would write in? Like what would a best-selling author, what would the vibe be? And I was like, it would smell good. I would have candles. It would be clear of clutter. And I literally just like cleared the space. I mean, I was throwing stuff away. It became my actual office, no bed, no nothing. Cause we don't sleep in here. We create, right? And so I started to just clear it out and the way ideas started to flow. And that book did go on to become a bestseller, it actually got picked up. I self-published, so 18,000 copies on my own. And then it got picked up by a publisher and went on to have like some great success, right? But it was that, that moment of like, what are you doing? Like, this doesn't even feel good. So how can you expect to create something and put the right level of energy in it? Because that is going to be passed on to the people that you want to serve. Yeah. Do you want to create from that space? I love that. Okay, that was so good. What's the next one, Patrice? (laughs) The fourth pillar is faith. Faith is about believing in something greater. And what I always tell people is, I really don't care what you say you believe in. The thing is, we all live really busy lives, have really full plates. Many of us are juggling lots of responsibilities and multiple hats. But if you say you believe in something, do you make time to practice it? Because from my experience, many of us give up before our breakthrough right? Like we get frustrated with the process. I'm sure you see this in your clients all the time. You see brilliant people and something happens in their lives. And yes, you can pause when you need to pause, but they completely throw everything out because they don't have a way to cope with resistance. They don't have a way to deal with life when it comes. And so we already know as adults, it's not a matter of if, it's when. Something is going to come along unexpectedly, Right. Always. And every time that happens, I feel that you do yourself a disservice trying to figure out what you believe. If you have a process for how you process, you are going to process a lot sooner, quicker, faster. And I always say that my superpower is resilience. But for me, that's been rooted in my faith because I make time to practice a routine regularly. And that's not, oh, I go to church on Sundays. Like, it's not even for me about going to a physical building. It's about taking space every day at the top of my day for me, but taking space every day to just sit with what I believe to be true so that when I'm in a difficult season, I already have a way to deal with what's going on. I'm not trying to figure it out in the midst of, and that has allowed me to just move through things again, sooner, quicker, faster,
1: you know? Yeah. I mean, these are excellent. Okay. What? <laughs> you should really write a book. No. <laughs> okay. <laughs> number five. What's the number five
2: pillar? Number five is work. It's about living your life's purpose. You know, I love talking about purpose. Um, okay. So here's the big one from the financial person now. I believe that when we are not clear about our purpose, it's really hard to set our priorities and therefore manage our personal finances. And I come from a space where I hear so often, I'm looking for my purpose. I'm searching for my purpose. And I go, where is it hiding? Who hid your purpose from you? It is not hiding under a mattress or behind, you know, the door around the corner. We have a tendency to try to compare what we are called to do in the world with what other people are doing. And I'm sure we've all heard comparison is a thief of joy, right? We are in this comparison space instead of just looking at what are the things that I've naturally gravitated to? What are things that I'm just naturally lit up about? What are some things, you know, or ways of being that just, they come to me naturally and how can I accept those and step into them and understand that passion, and let me say this, passion, because a lot of us confuse this, is what excites you and energizes you. And that's wonderful. That's for you though. Purpose is what you do for others. Purpose is how do you take the stuff that you're already good at, things that you love, things that you have a knack for and use it to be a blessing to others in the marketplace. Now it becomes more purposeful, right? And when you get clear about that, you don't have time to window shop all day. I don't know about you guys, but we're like, With all these hats and all these things, I can't imagine at this point or even before, oh, I'm window shopping. I'm surfing. I'm scrolling and scrolling and scrolling. I'm doing all these things. It's like when you allow yourself to get passionate about the thing that already comes to you naturally, it allows you to go, you know what? My dollars are better directed towards getting in that program, right? I want to be a product boss. My dollars are better directed towards, you know, Investing in this mastermind or building this new website because I understand the impact that doing such will have in the bigger scheme of things. When people don't have that, it is so easy to fall into, you know what? I need another black dress. Not going anywhere. Haven't been invited to a damn place, but I'm going to go get another black dress. It's like, okay. Because when we're not in purpose, you guys, there's that void that continues to just go deeper and deeper. And we Mm -hmm. try to fill the void with stuff, right? We buy things or we buy people. Mm. And you'll never be fulfilled that way. It's just this insatiable thing. Like you just keep going in this circle. Um, And so when I get people more focused on what am I supposed to be doing and how do I use what comes to me naturally, then I'm better able to help them manage their finances better because they have a greater sense of like what the priority in their life is.
0: Let me ask you a quick question because I know our listeners out there are like, okay, this makes sense for you, Patrice, and for the product boss because you're impacting business owners and things like that. But what if they're thinking, well, I just make jewelry or I just make candles or I just, you know, car like so they must adjust.
2: Bigger. Oh my gosh. But to me, nothing is adjust. Mm-hmm. Like, I love the way candles make me feel. I love what it does for my space. Like and I talk about this in the book, right? So in the space pillar, I talk about like what it does for the energy and how it ignites my creativity or, you know, even in the bedroom, how it makes you feel zow, <laughs> zow, 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 right? like you start feeling sexy in the bedroom depending on the scent and all of that. When you look at the bigger, nothing is just a product. There is a need that is being fulfilled. Like there, and it's not, Oh, anyone just needs a candle. It is the story that we tell about what these products do for us. And it's so much bigger. It's never just anything, like everything has purpose. And I would just encourage anyone who's like doing that to themselves going back to the fit pillar. Why is that your mindset? Where did that limiting belief come from? How do you start to dismantle that? Because when you start to dismantle that, you'll see the bigger picture for why you do what you do. And that'll get you to what you say financially that you want sooner, quicker, faster. It all, that's why fit pillar is first, right? Mm-hmm. All of these things that we do are tell stories. They're all stories that we create. We are so creative with the stories that we tell ourselves. And it's like, look, you're going to tell a story. You can choose to tell an empowering story or a disempowering story. And every time I'm caught up, even myself, all the time with a story, I have to go, well, where is this rooted from? Why am I saying this? I just talked to my coach about one of these things earlier today. I'm like, I keep creating a story that I can only do X, Y, Z. And we just had to unpack it. We just had to unpack it. And an hour later, I was like, huh, yes. What was I thinking? Now, I'm still going to have to stay right because i've had that limiting belief for 41 years. So i still have to continue to work with it, but the awareness and i hope that this episode if you're listening right now, you can tag me in social media seek wisdom pcw. I want to hear what this awareness is doing for you and what that limiting belief is because when you start to dismantle that, oh my gosh, cuz someone has the same story same background, same experience, same education, and because they are telling a completely different narrative, they are getting different results. So it's mm. it's possible for you too. So okay. good.
0: And then let's get to the last one, which is funny because people might think, you know, this is would be the first one when we're talking about <laughs> redefining wealth, but this is in fact your last pillar. So let's jump into that. Yeah,
2: the last pillar is finally money. So for someone who's been called America's money maven for a decade now, Money to money is about, you know, achieving the abundance that, that you desire. And the truth is, money is the natural byproduct of doing the work in the other pillars. You know, this is a very holistic process for me. But I'm telling you guys, I literally live my life by the pillars. My calendar is set up by these pillars. When I look at my calendar, I can tell right? If I'm going to have a so-so quarter, right? When I'm forecasting and things, because usually it's only because something is really off in the other pillars. So as I shared earlier, like I just recently went through a divorce. Well, I knew, obviously, that's a big thing. I was married for 14 and a half years with my ex-husband for almost 19 years, half of my life, right? So I knew because I was going through a transition in my people pillar, That it was going to have impact on my money Mm -hmm. pillar. And so the awareness allows me to show myself grace and to know what I need to work through and where I need to put more effort. But financially, I can say, even though I just went through a divorce, the way that I um, continue to grow my business and continue to earn income, it didn't just fall apart right yeah. like my income is still on track as as it was a year ago and 2 years ago it's still definitely on track to do well by the end of the court, by the end of the year right and i say that because i know women in my space who have also gone through separation and divorce and i've seen people just go i don't i can't deal with any of the things and so i know their incomes are being slashed in half not because of the divorce because they don't have process for how they process. And so it's just it's just hit them a lot differently. And I truly believe that the pillars are the foundation for how you can navigate and move through transitions. Doesn't have to be divorce, but transition of any kind, right? Been beautiful. And I actually know already that next year our my income will double. I know mm-hmm. that because I'm so clear even going through
0: a difficult season and transition. So something good. that stood out for me so specifically in this was that you and the faith factor, um for, you know, because we all have different beliefs in faith. But mm-hmm. for what you said that if you're prepared, like if you have something, if you're not trying to figure it out in real time, that you kind of have this thing to lean back on or this or this um foundational aspect to to getting through it all. So I think, like you said, all of these pillars led to this season in your life, which is a more difficult season. Um, and you have a teenage daughter. I mean, let's not forget the fact that like <laughs> <laughs> teenagers <Yeah>. are teenagers, <laughs> you know, but then that uh, you've you've established this sort of really solid foundation with your pillars. So just so impactful. Thank you for sharing it.
2: Yeah, I, I love talking about it. I love seeing the aha moments for people. And I love for people to know that there is a way, right? I don't think that we're really we're not really raised with a way to move through life. We're just kind of thrown out there. Like, do your best, do well in school and then go do your best. And it's like, no one prepares you for all of the different, uh, you know, just things that life will throw at you. And I have found this to just be one way to navigate life with a lot more um, ease and grace and peace. Um, And even in doing episodes like about my divorce and learning from like using the pillars to inform like how I navigated that process, people said to me, Jackie, they're like, oh, you know, with with what you guys have going on, you know, your divorce could take two or three years. My divorce took five months. It took five months. And I I kept saying, well, I don't receive that. I don't receive that. A lot of it was because space pillar, a lot of things were already organized. Money pillar, a lot of things were already organized, right? So because, There has been an awareness around all of these things for all of these years. Even a difficult season doesn't have to like rattle everything. It's like, okay, I'm in a season. What did this season come to teach me? I know nothing happens to me. It happens for me. That's my faith pillar, right? And like just going through that with everything that happens, including raising a teenage girl hello mm-hmm. somebody um you know right like all of those things people would say to me oh my gosh you know you're probably going to hate her when she turns 13 like it just it just happens and i used to say back then i don't receive that and my mm-hmm. daughter and i are actually very 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 close and i have invested a lot of my people pillar in making sure that we have a very open and honest and transparent relationship and we I don't struggle with her. I don't discipline her much. I don't have to. She's very, very wise and intuitive and all those things. But I also I teach her from the pillars. I lead her and guide her from the pillars. And I see it. I think of myself. Oh, my gosh. I wish I would have known that when I was that age. Right. But I see how it's playing out in her life now. And it's it's pretty cool.
1: So
0: great. Um, yeah. Everyone out there, go out and you know buy Patrice's mm-hmm. book um, and then listen to the podcast. It's the Redefining Wealth podcast. Mm-hmm. We'll link everything in the show notes. Now, one thing I'm really excited to just bring to our audience is the Purpose Challenge. And if you all want to sign up, it's totally free. And you can go to com slash purpose. It's com slash purpose. So it's a five-day challenge, Patrice. What will they get inside? So
2: you will get me giving you um, lessons every day, just helping you really get clear on the difference between passion and purpose and how to pull yours out. I don't believe that it's hiding from you. I don't believe that you have to do all this deep work. I think you just don't know the questions to ask yourself and you haven't been given permission yet to just embrace what that is. So I'm going to take you step by step through what that looks like, who you may be called to serve in the marketplace ways that you can. And hopefully, I just want more people to be on their path to purpose so that they can experience the personal finance fulfillment that they desire.
1: So good. I I it. I've thoroughly enjoyed it. it. Yeah, I literally am going to. (laughs) I am. So I feel like this whole entire episode has been mind-blowing blowing and just everything that we needed in this time because it feels like we're in a transition and it's so true, all the things that you put to light in this episode. So I know that our audience will love it too because it feels like a hard season when you're making all these things and you're trying to create income into your household and you don't really have those role models out there that... It's true. You know, you say we, we're not taught to live life. We're not taught to lead. We're not to taught a lot of things. But so, what do you go back to? You know, so mm-hmm. I loved this entire thing and let our audience know where they can find you, follow you, and share you.
2: Um, Well, come find me on Instagram in particular. That's where I like to place. So tag me and let me know what you took away from this episode. I would love that. I would love knowing that at least one person was blessed. I'm Seek Wisdom PCW. Seek Wisdom PCW. And of course, you can find out all things about Patrice Washington at patricewashington.com.
0: Incredible. Thank you again, Patrice, for being here. And thank you so much. Thanks, guys. This episode is brought to you by the shop one in five pledge. We believe that when you purchase from a small online or offline business, your dollar goes further. Hey friends, Mina and I created the shop one in five pledge, and we're inviting you to take the pledge with us. It's a commitment to make one in five of your purchases from a small business online or offline. It's a way to make an impact together where and when it matters most. Because the truth is your purchasing power matters now more than ever. We're inviting you to take the pledge if you head to shop one in five. Dot com the link is in the show notes and when you get there please make sure to share the pledge with your friends your family and your customers let's invite everyone to take the shop one and five pledge so that we can all use our purchasing power to change lives thank you for being here and listening all the way through the product boss podcast If you love our show and it has helped you in any way in your business, would you mind doing two things for us? Subscribe to the show so you never miss an episode and leave us a review. Reviews help other product entrepreneurs know that this is the place to be to grow their businesses and realize that they're not alone.